Hello and welcome to the Fair Catcher Podcast, a podcast where we give you the hottest takes, the truest opinions, and not only that, but we're the hottest men and the truest men. I'm your only host for today, David Warren, because, oh wow, Evan, a bad situation right now. Quarrel in his garage and he has to take care of it. And I'm pretty sure that he'll be gone for the entirety of this podcast for us. We have several topics today, so let's jump right in. To the right, Bennett to tight end left. Second and goal to go from the two. Toss sweep right for James White. Cuts it up to the right arm. Cuts it upfield. Driving forward. Diving to the goal line. A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Led by the greatest quarterback Look at in Super Bowl and NFL analysts. One more ring. All right, first up on the agenda. Winner was wrong. Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback I've ever seen in all my days of football. And that's like a whole year, so that's not a large sample size. But man, does he suck. With the Broncos, although their record might fool you that they're just average, they're actually the worst team in the league by far, except for maybe the Panthers and Texans. This is my opinion, counter it because I can't hear you. Nathaniel Hackett, head coach of the Broncos, making poor decisions. Russell Wilson, missing wide open throws, just not looking like his old Seattle self. A lot of injuries to running back. Elvin Gordon continues to fumble every three touches. Their defense, you know, we have Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons playing their hearts, but it's just not. It really seems like they might have been by the end of this season, the most overhyped team in the whole league. On the contrary, Seattle has been thriving. Now, record again might fool you. However, Geno Smith has been playing like a Pro Bowl quarterback, which is just what Seattle needs to stay afloat as they really start to make this team a lot better. Wide receiver core has been playing good. A lot of people have been saying DK Metcalf was just a product of Russell Wilson. That has proven to be false. Running back game, although unfortunately Rashad Penny was uh, sidelined for the rest of the season with an injury. I believe Kenneth Walker Jr. will start instead. I think they're really fine in that department. The O-line and their draft picks have been hitting. What's more important though, is that Pete Carroll, although a lot of people said he was harried by his situation, he has been putting in some really clever play calls and really, really smart, just in general, the idea of how he's coaching his team during practices, his ability to handle pressure, and just overall offensive scheme, emphasis on offensive scheme that he's running, has been very, very effective. Defense is another side of the story, but Russell Wilson doesn't play defense, so here's my main point. Seattle is doing just fine without Russell Wilson relative to your def definition just fine broncos have been struggling it's not a pretty sight at all it's so bizarre because very recently it seems like head coaches that have already been established are just making very very bad decisions so speaking of the rams we have sean mcveigh i'm not saying he's playing 
poorly. In fact, I think he's still a very good offensive mind. It's just that some of the decisions he's made have been game-costing. And if it weren't for a Jalen Ramsey interception off of a horrible Marcus Mariota throw, the Rams would be even worse than they are right now. That's really saying something. I just think that the schemes that he's been calling and the plays that he's been calling are far too weak at such a professional level and just not at all what you want to see out of such a great head coach like him. And it really makes you wonder, is it, compl- is it plausible? I'm not saying it's true, but is it plausible that he's just gotten a little bit too lax with his coaching scheme? He says, all right, I have stars. I can do this. I can do that. We just won the Super Bowl. Maybe we can just take it a bit easier. No, you can't do that. Another bad coach this time for the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh. Now I'm not saying that the Ravens should fire Harbaugh like a lot of Ravens fans have been saying, but going for it on fourth down in a goal line situation when the game is tied, when you could just take a field goal when you have like basically no time left on the clock, and of course Josh Allen went down the field and won the game, I just don't necessarily understand that. John Harbaugh has always been the better Harbaugh. He outplayed his brother in the Super Bowl uh, back when Jim Harbaugh was the head coach for the 49ers. But recently we've been seeing some slip-ups from him, and I really don't like it when that happens. Now, when a player plays bad, it's like, okay, whatever, you know? That, that person's bad, we can make fun of him, this quarterback is better. It's like, that happens. When a coach is bad, that's just like, you're not on the field getting tackled. You're not doing this. Being a coach isn't easy, but you can't, especially when you're already established as my main, you can't just be doing stuff. You can't slow down what you've had. You have to, at the very least, continue with the system that works. If they start to figure out that system, you adjust. And that's what these coaches have been doing, but this season, it seems like something's off. I don't like it. It just does not make sense. And lastly, head coaches is being bad. We have Matt Rule. Matthew Rule, who just got fired from the Carolina Panthers. Thank goodness Panthers fans can breathe a sigh of relief. That's a very, very good thing. And hopefully their coaching situation gets better because, man, he was bad. Now, obviously, some players haven't played well. I think that the coach wasn't entirely to blame there. But if they get a new head coach, say, well, just any time in the future, and then their, stat, their starters that they already have right now start playing even a decent margin better, we can blame Matt Roll almost entirely. I think a lot of people are already doing that. I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but it's clear that he had a large hand in just not, not really giving that team any favors, which it desperately needed. Uh, however, I don't think he can really be too mad about that because he made millions and millions of dollars so I don't know if I'm really hurting his feelings here. Um, most important subject coming up, guys. Most important. We have rookies. Wow. I was really excited for this class. Now, when it comes to quarterbacks, this class was weak. Um, that can be seen with a lot of them not even getting starts. Kenny Pickett has unfortunately been thrown to the Wolves playing against the Bills, who were the number one defense last year. And... What do you know? They played pretty well against him. So when it comes to quarterbacks, not really much of note there. We have Desmond Ritter, who came in for a few, but it seems like Marcus Merrill. 
is going to keep starting for the Falcons, even though Falcons fans just don't like that, it seems. Uh, but, you know, that's Arthur Smith. No need to start a rookie when we have someone who has a bad ceiling instead of someone who has possibly a very high ceiling. Because that's how logic works, right? But when it comes to running backs, that's a different story entirely. We have a race for the rookie of the year right now between two running backs. One in the AFC East for the New York football Jets, Brees Hall. Now, a lot of people were really excited to see Brees Hall play. I was as well. I really thought that he could be one piece that the Jets really, really need in order to become uh, an actual team that doesn't completely just fail every single year. Um, and he kind of has lived up to the hype somewhat if you're a Jets fan. Because the Jets fans, oddly enough, are the ones who are pretty low on him. But overall, he hasn't necessarily done anything that it's like, wow, this guy's generation. Rookie of the year for sure. Um, but who knows? It's not even week six for him yet. So let's see if that changes. Damian Pierce, however, I think really was uh, just a great pick for the Texans. He has around 314 yards rushing along with a few touchdowns and some just great uh, long runs including that 75 yard one he had against the Chargers which scared me for a bit but we won don't worry um however interesting fact here he has more yards after contact than he does just straight up positive net yards so that means even though he was attempted to be tackled behind the line of scrimmage he's gotten yards after that so that really just shows how bad the situation is right now for the Texans. Um, but he's still trying to keep it alive as best he can. Texans uh, caught their first W recently against the Jaguars. And maybe that'll give them some momentum with Lovey Smith as head coach to focus on the run game. When it comes to wide receivers, um, I was personally most excited to see Drake London play. Um, he was drafted very highly. He was the first wide receiver drafted. Uh, out of USC, USC, Southern California. And honestly, he's played incredible. For the quarterback situation he's in, Marcus Mariota, uh, yeah, he's played very, very well. He hasn't necessarily wowed, but for the situation he's in, it's incredible. Atlanta has a um, very good offensive scheme, which definitely helps, but I think he's just a great player. Um, in terms of other NFC South wide receivers that are rookies, we have Chris Olave, who is just, a lot of people seem to be super duper high on him. He has like, when it comes to targets, he's been thrown to like almost 800 yards. He doesn't have that many, but he's, that's how much air yards have traveled toward him, which I don't necessarily know why that's being praised so much. Because yeah, that means they trust him and they target him a lot, but if you don't catch the ball, does it really matter? Um, but of course, he still is playing well. Ohio State really seems to hit on wide receivers, so he can't necessarily that. And I don't necessarily know if I have any other rookies that I that I want to talk about here on offense. When it comes to defense, however, we have the incredible cornerbacks of Sauce Gardner or Ahmad Gardner for the New York Jets, and the. Very equally talented Derek Stingley for the Houston. It's bizarre. 
the two best running back rookies are on the Jets and Texans, and the two best cornerback rookies are on the Jets and Texans. The Jets, Sauce Gardner, and the Texans, Derek Stingley Jr., are tied for interceptions and passes deflected this year. Both have five, which is pretty impressive and it's kind of neck and neck right now. However, we will have to see. It's a bit bizarre, right? The Jets having a good draft. My sleeper pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year, though, is Devin Lloyd out of Utah for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I loved him as a pick for the Jaguars. Somehow, the, the Green Bay Packers chose a linebacker, and it wasn't Devin Lloyd, so I was so confused by that. But he's played great for the Jaguars. He's had interceptions, had just great tackles. He's been playing like a pro. And when you see that out of a rookie, that shows signs of incredible potential later down the line. Not much else to discuss here. Here's a topic that I think will knock your socks off, though. Um, Brady is more likely than not getting a divorce. One of the saddest days in football history. Besides Super Bowl 51. I don't know what to do. I immediately just took an evening drive on the highway going the wrong way. Really just had to clear my mind. Just such a... a Sorry, it's just such a horrible news, and I'm really so sad. He has millions of dollars, but no one to share it with. Or does he? That's where my co-host Evan Wilson comes in. Do you get a divorce? Because he loves football, but his wife doesn't. Who loves football? Evan Wilson. That's point number one. Point number two, Tom Brady is a devout homosexual. This is true. The reason they invented the face mask? Stop Brady from kissing people, because he did it a lot. Now think about this. Carl Nassib, first openly gay NFL player. Where did he go this offseason? Oh, what's that? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, I misheard you. The Tampa Bay Brady Nears? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. The signs all point. And that just leaves one conclusion. He's single, ready to mingle, with a guy? That's in, that's just crazy. That's amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Huh? Hey. Look here, David. I want to be the best man. I doubt... I, 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 I can't take what you're... What you're throwing down right now, okay? I had... I ran over from three states over. Tell us. Not exactly. Not too. But I heard uh, my name and Tom Brady, and then I heard uh, uh, some theorizing, and I can, uh, I can, well, it's all the rumors right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Tom Brady's single. I wish the best, and I want to be the best man at his next wedding, if he, if not, he does have one. Not the bride? Uh, sorry. All I'm going right, to have to decline man, All right. Mm. Well, since you're here, do you have any games this week oh yeah uh let's see what do we have here um at 405 on sunday we have the carolina panthers taking on the la rams uh this one is seems uh, uh you know on paper like a disaster waiting to happen uh, you have the carolina panthers uh 32nd ranked offense uh 
uh, last in the entire league, and then you have them going up against the defending Super Bowl champions. But I have not had the chance to uh, wax eloquently about the Rams since I predicted them to lose the division to the 49ers in the opening episode of this podcast. Uh, The Rams are in a decline. Their offensive line is terrible. Uh, The running game is also atrocious. Matthew Stafford is going through a long stat. Cooper Cup is the only good receiver on that team, apparently. Apparently, according to uh, Matthew Stafford, he's... (laughs) Allen Robinson has gotten, uh, I believe, no more than seven percent of his of targets throughout any game this this season. So it it has not improved much for Allen Robinson. Uh, they're they're severely missing uh, Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle that I mentioned, and Aaron Donald has no help on the defensive line. So he has not regressed in the way that I really predicted, but he's not getting any help. So he might as well be. Von Miller now plays for the uh, other Super Bowl favorites at this point, the the Buffalo Bills. So yeah. if you're not getting any help on the line, our defensive lineman is going to get you know, whatever they can do to stop you. And while that would normally lead to some, you know, sacks from other players or situations where the star lineman in question could get sacks, it just hasn't really happened for Aaron Donald because yeah. of the departure. They're uh, a Jalen Ramsey pick away from being 1-4 this season. I think that, um, of course, the Panthers fired Matt Rule. I am actively mourning. I'm black right now for that reason. I will remember you. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's ever going to start after this season. Uh, may just be a career backup. Buccaneers... Looking at you for for a potential suitor. Baker Mayfield is... He's always done well when he has a brand new coach. Hugh Jackson got fired in his rookie year, about three games in, and he went won six games after the Browns had been uh, 0-16 the year before. So that was really a bump up for them. Uh, There's, for some reason, the game after a head coach is fired, there's new energy for the players Play, punch, punch above their weight. Christian McCaffrey is finally going to be utilized. DJ Moore, again, all these stars that have been underutilized by Rule, which I think was mostly just coaching, a coaching problem, a scheming problem. Hopefully that should be alleviated now. Uh, Brian Burns is going to terrorize Matthew Stafford. Panthers secondary is pretty good. Uh, JC Horn is going to finally get some. Time in the spotlight with Cooper Cup, and hopefully he'll be able to Cut stop him, him down. down. Yes, that's the key. I do not key. want to see that. I don't believe in Cam Akers, the Rams running back. So this game, gonna have to go with the Panthers. Let's let's say twenty-one seventeen. All right, this game Sunday night football is going crazy on Sylvia. The only undefeated team in the league right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. Versus the four and one Dak Prescott less Dallas Cowboys. Evan, why is Trayvon Diggs underrated all of a sudden? Okay, so first of all, Trayvon Diggs, he gave up the third most yards out of any quarterback cornerback in the league last year. Don't want to hear about him anymore until he breaks another record with how many interceptions he gets, because he'll jump in front 
of the wide receiver blow coverage in hopes of getting an interception. But if it doesn't happen, it's a potential touchdown. So we don't want Diggs to actually play the way that he has played. So no more about him. It's way too risky of a strategy. That's a big payoff, but now that uh, quarterbacks specifically know how to play against that, they're going to be a much smarter in their passing and might even avoid him altogether, especially if they're wide receiver core, they can trust their wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the Cowboys offense. I think Cooper Rush is going to continue to keep care of the ball, uh, probably get some lucky turnover drops. you know, feed it to CeeDee Lamb, who is his really only good receiver at this point. Michael Gallup's not very good. So they're going to be okay on offense. Their defense is really probably the best in the league. I want to talk about Micah Parsons. He's my defensive player of the year pick this year. I don't think that's very controversial. I, I don't see anyone who would object to that, honestly. So Micah Parsons is going to terrify Jalen Hurts. He's going to force him out of the pocket. This will be Jalen Hurts' biggest game or a game where he throws for a lot of picks. That'll be how this game goes. I really think this is the Eagles' wake-up call. They've been playing great under Nick Sirianni. Just great uh, pocket awareness from Jalen Hurts to get him a lot of rushing touchdowns. But when it comes to the quarterback situation, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the one to out- just outplay the secondary because Cowboys have one of them. And even though it is at Philadelphia, a very hostile environment, the division rivals the Cowboys have a lot of history with the Eagles. I think that the Cowboys probably sneak out a win here, even if it's only by, say, a field goal or something of that manner. I would agree with you. The Eagles have played, their strength is a solid offensive line and a great defense, and Jalen Hurts taking care of the ball. So if he is made uncomfortable, it will be more difficult for him to play that way. A.J. Brown is going to have his hands full with that linebacking core, And I think that it will come down to a field goal, like what you're talking about. If Cooper Rush plays okay in this game and wins, there will be a QB controversy in Dallas. People will want to know, who is this Cooper Rush guy, and why is he undefeated, and why did he beat the undefeated team? And why do we even need Dak Prescott? Because Prescott has not brought them large playoff success yet. When they did have playoff runs, it was because they were led by Ezekiel Elliott. So, Cooper Rush, we're looking at you. I don't really, I'm not really worried about him in this game, but popular opinion will turn to him if he pulls out a win here. I mean, in my opinion, I don't really think it should be. There's a reason Dak Prescott was starting. But I said Dak, I agreed with it. Yeah, exactly. But if Dak Prescott comes back, and then that's when they start to fall off a bit, even if it's just numbers, they keep getting wins, but even if it's just numbers, there will have to be some very uncomfortable conversation. I'm not even that big of a Dak Prescott guy. I just know that he's better than Cooper. That's why he's starting. Cowboys fans. I have. This is probably my pick for game of the Um, It ends up sucking. So let's hear your thoughts. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, who has the better tight end? Find out now.
Um, I'm gonna have to go with Dawson Knox, okay? He's kind of an end zone He's magnet. Kind of a red zone threat, in my opinion. He's better than Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. That's why the Kansas City Chiefs are are underdogs at home for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career. Okay. Travis Kelsey's gonna have a field day. The Chiefs are not gonna have any big shots. Von Miller's gonna have a field day. I think it will come down to who has the better defense, and the Bills have the better defense. So, I'm going to pick the Bills here, just barely. I cannot go against them, because if they hit you, they have the biggest knockout punch in the NFL. If they hit you, you're going to go down. You're going to go down hard. They will blow the top off of your defense. It's just not going to happen with the Chiefs now, because Tyreek Hill is gone. We've seen them win, because uh, Patrick Mahomes can just work magic sometimes. But I think it's going to come down to the better defense here, and that's the build. Uh, I largely agree with you. When it comes to quarterback battle, which is what a lot of people like to focus on, both of them are great quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen draw. Draw and Patrick Mahomes. The main reason Patrick Mahomes won in their divisional playoff matchup was because he won that coin toss. I feel as though if the Bills had won, Allen would have, would have had a great chance to go down and score himself. Um, which would have been very impressive, but that's just not yeah. what happened. Rewriting history, the Bills might have a Super Bowl right now. That's how close that game was. Yeah, it was crazy. Two important things, one for each side. Buffalo Bills... <clears throat> sorry, Buffalo Bills safety Micah Hyde is injured and out. He was their best secondary uh, member for certain. Jordan Poyer, very close second. However... This game might need to rely on Kair Elam, rookie corner, and he's been kind of slept on. Everyone's focused on Sauce Gardner, yeah. everyone's focused on Derek Stanley. I was focused on them myself, but I think if Kair Elam can play well against, even if it's just someone like, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. right? That, that's the thing. What, what, what your competition is, they're playing against Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster and Sky Moore. Those guys are okay challenges for those rookies. There are no Tyreek Hill. That's at the very least certain. Exactly. On the on the flip side, for the Chiefs, 30th overall pick, George Karlaftis has also had... He's had a lot more attention because he's a Chief now. Everyone yeah. likes the Chiefs now because they're winning. Yeah. But he's still been playing really, really, really well. Like Aiden Hutchinson, as I talked about before, he hasn't really been focused on. He had a great three-set game, but ever since then has gone radio silent. George Karlaftis has been consistently leading the rookies not only in pressures, but just in overall QB hits, which is a great set to lead in. That's great. And if it weren't for just the overall dominance the secondary rookies have had, I think he would be a contender for defense. It's going to come down to those two rookies, Kyer Elam for the Bills, George Karlaftis for the Chiefs. Those two players, if they can have key roles in helping win this game, that will be the deciding factor in my Both that of these teams know each other well enough yeah. to counter each other these rookies are the wild card yeah i talked a little bit um in the last episode of the podcast with eisen about how the bills secondary really would not matter in the game that they played last week and they blew out the competition it did not matter uh, uh josh allen threw for 300 yards in the first half which was about to set a new record, and then they just ran the ball at, mm -hmm. after the halftime, so 
He has sat out two fourth quarters because it, of the, the commanding leads that the Bills have had over their opponents. That's the thing. The, the Bills, either they are just the best team you've ever seen, or they're just pretty good. And we don't know which one we're going to get every Sunday. It really will depend. But I think the Bills are going to rally. I think that they're going to be that juggernaut that we've seen from them time and time again. Just not in the biggest moments, it seems, sometimes. But again, this is regular season. This is where they thrive. I really think that will um, be the, the final push that they need to be the AFC champions. I've seen some talk about Chiefs, obviously. For some reason, a lot of people have been uh, recently pushing for the Bengals again, even though they just had a horrible start. Ravens, I can kind of see it. Bills are still favorites, but if they are able to beat their non-AFC East rival in the Chiefs, I feel like that will be the final nail in the coffin. Like, yeah, these guys are probably... And I think that's what matters the most. Definitely. This will really... This will determine where the momentum is for these teams for the rest of the entire season. Buffalo beat Kansas City last season in the regular season, and they rolled. Uh, they rolled throughout the rest until they met again in the playoffs, and the Chiefs just barely snuck out a win, and then Patrick Mahomes kind of shut down. All right, so let's go ahead and do a quick recap of those game predictions. I had the Carolina Panthers winning, I had the Cowboys winning, and I had the Bills winning. So keep an eye out for those three, and we'll be back to discuss them on the next episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter at fair underscore catch P-O-D. And if we don't have anything else to add, fair catch nation, let's ride.